I am excited to be starting a brand new series here this morning called Tell Me the Story. Uh, this is actually Tell Me the Story Part 2, uh, the sequel, I guess, um, because last year when we did Tell Me the Story Part 1, it was one of the most uh, well-received series that we had done. We got a lot of feedback and people said it really touched their hearts, it touched their lives to be able to hear from people within the congregation, talk about what God is doing uh, in, in their lives. And so uh, we're going to do uh, the sequel, I guess. We're going to do the Hollywood thing. Uh, because when Hollywood has a smash hit, even if the second one isn't very good, they go ahead and roll it out, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, I, honestly, I don't think Sharknado 2 was near as good as Sharknado 1. Anybody with me on that? They made like five or six of those dumb movies, and people just keep I don't, I don't think. I don't understand. Anyway, our sequel is filled with incredible stories. Uh, I cannot wait for you guys to hear uh, some of the stories that are happening in the lives of of our people as they share their testimonies of the goodness of God. And uh, I think uh, our testimony is one of the ways that we can witness to people. Right, Sharing our faith, sharing our stories, sharing what God has done in our lives is an incredible way to witness to people. And uh, honestly... Uh, Sharing your testimony, that wasn't supposed to happen, uh, sharing your testimony is one of the most powerful things that you can do uh, to evangelize. I think a lot of times what happens is people, they get in their minds that, that they have to know all of these uh, Bible verses and they have to know all of the, the religious uh, cliches and they have to know all the answers to all the tough questions and really, I think all you got to do to, to witness to somebody and share the gospel is talk about what Jesus has done in, in your life. So uh, you can be a, a dark, or you can be a bright light in a dark world for sure, and, and it doesn't take all that, that much. It's just sharing your story. I heard about a guy one time, he was a Christian man who owned a barber shop, and one night he was at a revival meeting, and, and he he felt greatly burdened uh, to do more with his testimony for Jesus. And so the next evening, he went to a class at his church uh, on soul winning. And he attended it every night faithfully for a long time. At the end of the, uh, the, the session, he got a plaque. He had taken extensive notes. He had this huge notebook full, full of all of these answers and all of these things that he can share with people. And at the end, he got this big plaque. And the next morning, he goes into the barber shop. He hangs the plaque and he bows his head and he says, Dear Lord, please send me somebody today that I can witness to. And he said, Amen. And he raised his head and in through the door walks a big old burly dude. He was the biggest. He was the meanest. He was the loudest, most foul person that you could probably think of. And this guy apparently had just lost a bet with some of his biker buddies. And now he had to get his head shaved. Right? So needless to say, the barber didn't feel very comfortable in this particular situation. He didn't feel like, hey, I can just quote a bunch of scripture, and I can just point out the steps to salvation. And, and he, he looked at him, he sees this big old spider web tattoo all over his neck. He's like, I just, I can't do it. And the rest of the day, as each person comes in, he just kind of continues to back out and back out. And he didn't share the gospel all day long. And he's feeling bad at the end of the day. He says, Lord, just give me one more chance. And all of a sudden, the door opens, in walks this pleasant little looking guy. He smiles at the barber and the guy apologized for coming in late. He said, I'm sorry I came in so late. He said, well, just take a seat in the chair. And he said, can I get a shave and a haircut? He said, absolutely. And so the barber draped the guy with that, that, that um, uh, apron type, Wally, I don't know what you call those, the apron type thingy that they put over and, and, and uh, he, he starts to share the gospel, but he gets confused. 
He can't think of anything to say. And he's putting shaving cream on the guy's face. And he tried to remember all the answers that he'd learned. And he's trying to think of all the possible objections that this guy could possibly have. And he takes out his razor and he starts rubbing it across that leather strap thing. And, and he's get, the guy's getting nervous and uh, the barber's getting nervous. He said, I, 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 man, I can't even think of what. Finally, he takes his razor. He goes, are you ready to die? <laughs> well, it was not Wally that, that did this, by the way. Right. We've got to be careful in our approach, and we don't have to have all of these magical answers, all these cliches, and we don't have to just abruptly bring up all of these things that maybe we've heard down through the years. All we got to do is just share our story, just share our testimony. What has Jesus done for you? In the coming weeks, I'm really excited. Next week, you're going to want to be here for sure. Adam and Excel men are going to share their remarkable uh, spiritual journey that has led them to Columbus and, and uh, to ECCC. The following week, our main sound guy for 20 plus years is going to come out of the balcony and come down here. Rob Gaskell is going to share his journey, and then on November 26th, my brother Jeff is going to be here uh, to share his story about how God has been faithful to him down through the years through numerous different health scares and how the church really stepped up to help him. So it's going to be a, an exciting month, but before we get into those things, I thought it was important for me to just share with you something that I'm calling Tell Your Story, right? I just want to encourage you, you might not have, you might not think you have an exciting story, right? You might wish that maybe you did more things that were not all that great, so you'd have a more exciting, dramatic story. I don't know, you know, um, but you've got a story. I mean, I think that even if you have been coming to church since nine months before you were born and you've never done anything wrong, well, I know you have, but, but, but if you, you think you haven't been all that bad, somebody needs to hear that, right? We just got to tell people our stories. Our personal testimony is one of the greatest weapons I believe that we have in our battle against the forces of darkness. Sharing with other people what God has done in your life, that makes you a threat to the enemy, and it's absolutely necessary that you share your story with other people. When I thought about what I wanted to talk about today, my mind was taken to Joshua chapter 4. If you have your Bibles turned there, if you don't have your Bible, you can follow along on the screen. Joshua chapter 4, we'll begin with verse 1. It says this, when all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder, 12 stones in all one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? And then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. And so the men did as Joshua had commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River, one for each tribe, just as the Lord had told Joshua. They carried them to the place where they camped for the night and constructed the memorial there. Joshua also set up another pile of 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan at the place where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing, and they are there to this 
day. Now skip down to verse 20. It was there at Gilgal that Joshua piled up the twelve stones taken from the Jordan River. Then Joshua said to the Israelites, In the future your children will ask, What do these stones mean? Then you can tell them. This is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and He kept it dry until you were all across, just as He did at the Red Sea. When He dried it up, we had crossed over. He did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful, and so you might fear the Lord your God. And so we read this passage of Scripture, and we know that Joshua had chosen 12 men, just as the Lord told him to, representing each of the 12 tribes of Israel. He he instructed them to each take a stone, and those stones served as pillars of each of those tribes' testimonies. It spoke to generations about the power of God, what God had done in their lives. It talked about the miraculous power that God had demonstrated in their lives. It was basically their testimony. Right, And so we know that every time these children and their children's children and their children's children saw these stones, they were going to be reminded, they were going to know the testimony of what God had done in their life. I believe that's part of the reason why the Lord wants us to take communion like he does. That's part of the reason why this table is here in front of us right now. So that we'll never forget that it will be a memorial for generations to come of what the Lord has done. And so God had instructed each man to carry his own stone symbolizing not just what God had done for the whole tribe, but his personal testimony. Right? We can sit back and we can say, hey, this is what the church has done, or this is what I've witnessed in my life, but I think God wants us to go more than that. I think he wants us to go beyond and say, this is my personal testimony. We have to be willing to share that. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 tells us this, and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by what? By their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. And so you need to understand that your testimony is not only significant, but there's power in your testimony. There's power in your testimony to overcome some of the challenges of life. There's power in your testimony that can impact other people. You say, well, my story's not all that big a deal. Yeah, it is. But why? Why is it such a big deal? Because there's value in it. If you're taking notes, that's the first thing. There is value in your testimony no matter how, I don't know, unexciting you think that your story is. Maybe you think it's pretty bland. Maybe you have a dynamic testimony. I don't know. It doesn't matter. There's value in your testimony. It holds great value in the kingdom of God. It makes you a threat to the enemy. And it empowers you to set the captives free according to scripture. Don't ever underestimate the impact of your testimony. You know, I looked up that word testimony. Did a little bit of a word study on it this week. And I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right, but it's a Hebrew word, aiduth, right? A-Y-D-O-O-T-H is, is how we would spell it in the English, pronounced aiduth. And it means in our English, testimony, of course. But in the Hebrew, it means this is our testimony and God, do it again. We have witnessed the power that is in you. We've witnessed the power of what you've done in my life. God, would you do it again? 
And I think sometimes that's important for us to remember because here's what happens. We have seen the Lord work and work and work. And then sometimes we doubt that he'll do it again. And it's important for us to remember our testimony and tell our testimony because it reminds us that not only has God been faithful in the past, he's going to be faithful again. He will do it again. There's a great song by Elevation Worship called Do It Again. I hope to get Caleb to sing that before this series is up. But it basically says this, I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. How many of you believe that God can do it again? He's delivered you from things in your life. Can he do it again? Absolutely he can. You made a way where there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. If you've seen God do amazing things in your life, talk about it. Don't keep it to yourself. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says this. Instead, you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer... Always be ready to explain it. I'm sure there are times where you felt you could share your story, but for some reason you're just uncomfortable. All right? Have you ever had that maybe, I don't know, prompting of the Holy Spirit to say, hey, talk to this person about God. Tell this person your story. And you start asking these questions. Well, what if this person thinks I'm a religious nut or something? Or, or they think I'm, I'm just weird and, and it, it might mess up our, our relationship. Or maybe you're afraid you're going to goof up. You know, you start to tell somebody your story, start to talk about God in your life, and you're afraid you're going to mess up, you're going to say something wrong. Listen, it's your story. You can't say anything wrong. Just tell them your story. How can it be wrong? Maybe you feel like the barber from that silly story that I told a little bit ago. You get all nervous and you, and you panic. You're just afraid it's going to come out wrong. It's a little bit scary to people. Let, let me recommend this to you. I, I think this is a good practice for anyone. No matter how long you've been a Christian, write it down. Sit down at some point, maybe today... Maybe this week, maybe by the end of this sermon series, take out a piece of paper or get on your computer, however you want to do it, on your phones, whatever, and write it down. Write your story out. Now, I'm not saying that anytime you know you have a, a, a chance to share it, you just open up your phone and you start to read people your story. No, write it down. I think it's good for you to write it down. And I think it's good for two reasons. It'll remind you of just how good God has been down through the years. It's kind of like the song, Count Your Blessings. Right? Name them one by one. As we start to count our blessings, as we start to write those things down, we're amazed, we're surprised... It just how awesome God has been. We know it, but when we really start to write them down, it's like, oh my goodness. How can I not share this with people when I see all of the good things that God has done? The second reason I think you should write it down is because you become more comfortable if you write it out, you read through it a couple of times, maybe pull it out every now and then and, and, and read through it just at home and... and uh, uh, just kind of commit it to memory where you're going to go with it and so on and so forth. And, and, and I believe it'll help you be ready. It'll help you more concisely and adequately tell your story to other people because there's value in it. There's value in your story. I mean, do, do all of you think that you are valuable as a person? I think most people do. 
And then there's value in your story. And the second thing is this, you shouldn't hide it. If there's value in it, you shouldn't hide it. Many believers are afraid to share their testimony due to their fear or shame. However, the devil knows that there's power in your testimony, and he wants you to keep your mouth shut, and he's going to put all kinds of things in your mind to tell you to keep your mouth shut. He's going to try to make you afraid. He's going to try to manipulate you into not doing it. Listen, open your mouth, declare God's faithfulness. God gave us a light to shine brightly, not to hide it under a bowl. He said, put it on a lampstand, Matthew 5.15. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is to be placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Just talked about that last week. I believe that God puts you in different circumstances in your life so that you can let your light shine. Don't keep it under a bowl. You've got the light of Jesus Christ. You've got the power of the resurrection living in your life. Don't keep that hidden. When you have that opportunity to testify, take advantage of it. Who cares if people think you're an idiot? Obviously, I don't care. I expose myself to idiotic, idiotic things all the time. More than just being a Cowboys fan. I mean, it's, it's other things as well. Right? Testify. It doesn't have to be in church like we're going to do over the next few weeks. For you, it might be in your job. Maybe over lunch, over coffee. Some of you, it might be in your school. You're talking with a friend about some of the pressures that you're facing. Share. Share Jesus. It might be in your home. It might be possible that there's some of you out there that you, you're living with somebody that doesn't know Jesus. Just share how you've seen Jesus working in your life. God's given you a platform. God's given everybody a platform, right? You've got some people in your life where you can share your story with. I'm, I'm always appreciative. I'm always admirable of celebrities who aren't afraid to speak up for Jesus, how God has given them that platform, and how some have even, there have been, I mean, not very many, but a handful of people in Hollywood who have really put their careers on the line and even lost careers because they stood up for Jesus. I know we say this often, we're so good about talking about so many other things that really don't matter all that much in the grand scheme of things, right? How many of you shared a Bobby Knight story this week with somebody on Facebook? How many of you shared Jesus with somebody? We talk about the restaurants we go to. The amazing food that we have. We even take pictures and post it on social media. I mean, who wouldn't want a who wouldn't want to see a picture of this from uh, this is from the crazy Mason in Myrtle Beach. Look at that. Uh huh. That's good, right? And we put that kind of stuff out there, and 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 we're just like, man, you got to. This is so good. You should taste this. This is so good. We're instructed in Scripture to tell people, taste and see that the Lord is good. We'll do that. But we won't do this probably because people aren't going to get upset if you tell them about a milkshake. People could get upset if you try to tell them about Jesus. We talk about our grandkids. I get it. I get it. Really do. 
Some people might like that, some not so much. But we still do it. We show pictures. We tell the stories. And we do this because we're proud of our kids. We do it because we're proud of our grandkids. And we love them so much. And I encourage you, keep doing that for sure. But we say we love Jesus. We say we love Him more than anything. And yet we hide our story that testifies of His goodness. And I don't understand that. Your story is valuable. You are valuable. God wants people to see Jesus through you and what you can share with them. And here's the reason why God wants others to see your story. Your testimony is a source of hope and light. Your story can bring life. Your story can bring hope. It can bring joy. It can bring peace. It can bring restoration. It can bring deliverance to other people. By sharing your testimony, you become an instrument of God's power. And you could be a lifeline to somebody who's struggling. A couple weeks ago, I turned 55. Double nickels. That means I'm a dime, right? If you know what I'm saying. Okay, no, that's not what it means. All right, double nickels in my lifetime, in my 55 years. I have never seen a time in history in my life where there has been less hope. I don't remember a period of time where I've seen more people who are battling depression. I've never seen more people battling just hopelessness and despair and darkness. And your story can bring hope. There's a popular post going around on social media right now. It says something like this. I'd rather talk to you at 3 o'clock in the morning than talk to you at your funeral standing over your casket. Has anybody seen that? That's been going around a lot. I agree with that. And the idea behind this is this. I want to be a person. I would rather be awakened in the middle of the night by your phone call and talk to you than to realize that you didn't have anybody to talk to and you felt hopeless and you took your own life. Now, my opinion is this. The more often you let your light shine, the more you tell your story, the more apt that person is to give you a call in the middle of the night to talk about the hope that you have. And you got to get it out there. Let your light shine. Live out your testimony. Share it verbally with the people in your life. That you come into contact with. Your testimony is a source of hope and light. I believe it can be a source of life. Not only can it help save a life. It's a source of new life in Christ. Right? So not only could it keep someone from maybe losing their life. But it can become a source of someone coming to know Jesus. New life in Christ. Back to the book of Revelation chapter 12 verse 11. And they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb. Right? The blood of the lamb takes away our sins. And by their testimony. You want to defeat the enemy? You talk about how God has been so good to you. You make sure that you're washed in the blood of the lamb. And you make sure that you tell other people that you are. And you remind Satan of it. When he comes around you acting like a lion, 
acting all big and bad. And remember, the Bible says he acts like a lion. It doesn't say he is a lion. He acts like a lion. He's not a lion at all. He wants you to think that he's a lion. He's been trying to do that from the beginning of time. He's trying to look like God, but he never quite measures up. The Bible says he acts like a lion, but he's not. I kind of picture Satan more like a little feral cat. You know what I'm talking about? You know? He has no power to defeat you, but yet he walks around and thinks he's all big and bad. We know that Jesus is the Lion of Judah, but Satan tries to act like him, and he never quite measures up, and he tries to get us to see that he is a lion, and so he drags us away, but he's nothing but a little annoying little cat, and I know I shouldn't do this, but you just kick. and that's what we need. Does anybody from PETA watch our service I hope not you know what a feral cat is right it's a stray it's basically an annoying little stray cat that won't go away here's the problem with Christians we are like we're like that uh, we're like that person that just can't turn a stray away right do you know of anybody every stray that comes along you well they pull the they pull the cat or the puppy don't don't point at each other don't elbow one another but but you know you see that here's the problem with Christians we see these feral cats we see these strays and we bring them in but what Christians do is we see this feral cat named Satan and we say come on in I mean we don't literally say come on in but we allow Satan to have different parts of our life that Satan should not have he shouldn't have one inch of your life but yet we let him in, and we need to overcome that by the blood of the Lamb and by our testimony. And we need to put that feral cat, Satan, back where he belongs. Uh, the old uh, Spencer will appreciate this. Carmen, the contemporary artist from the 80s and 90s, Carmen uh, was kind of a big deal. And he used to always say, the next time Satan reminds you of your past, you just remind him of his future. He has no place in your life. And he's not a lion. He's just acting like a lion. He has no power over you whatsoever. Don't give it to him. Don't even give him an inch. Your testimony is a source of hope and light. And then finally, your testimony can make a difference. Actually, not finally. I got one more, but it's short. Your testimony can make a difference. You need to understand that your story can make a difference in somebody else's life. 2 Corinthians 1.4 says, He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Think about what you've gone through in your life. Who better to minister to somebody who's battling cancer than someone who's had cancer? Who better to minister to somebody who's lost a spouse than someone that's lost a spouse? Who better to minister to somebody in recovery than somebody that's in recovery themselves? Who better to minister to somebody who's in financial ruin than somebody who's facing financial failures of their own? You know Dave Ramsey? That's why he ministers to so many people. Dave Ramsey is just this incredible guy that started this ministry that, that um, has helped millions of Christians get their finances in order, but he had to learn the hard way. 
He filed bankruptcy and did a lot of really dumb things when he was younger. And so he has used that as a platform to comfort others with the same comfort that somebody gave him. You have a story. Be ready to tell your story to somebody who needs to hear it. Nobody wants to hear my story. Yeah, they do. Somebody does. I mean, not everybody will, but somebody out there needs to hear your story. Your personal victory benefits not only yourself, but it benefits other people who are going through a similar thing that you've been through. And by sharing your testimony, you can inspire others. Keep going. Trust in God. Experience your own breakthrough. You know, when somebody's trying to sell something on TV, what do they do? They get people to testify. Especially, I love these weight loss commercials and all that, right? They always get people to go, well, I did this, I did And they tell their personal story and their journey. Or maybe this financial investment, I did this and so on. They tell these stories to get other people to buy into what they're talking about. If you really want to see people come to know the Lord, you really want to see this church grow? Start telling your story. And then fifth and finally, praise God for your testimony. Express gratitude for your story. And some of you have been through some pretty rough stuff, right? And none of you would want to go back and, and do what you've done. But praise God for it. Praise God that he was right there with you through it. Praise God that he brought you out of it. Express gratitude for your testimony. Acknowledging that it is a miracle that you're still here. Recognize that without God's intervention, you may have perished. Or you might be on a road that led to absolutely no good. Give thanks for the healing. Give thanks for the deliverance. Give thanks for the restoration that God has brought into your life. It was this motivation that caused me to stop my truck yesterday and do something I never do and I strongly encourage against most of the time. But I stopped my truck yesterday as I saw a young man named Evan who was crossing the road in front of me. He got to the other side of the street on the sidewalk and dropped to one knee. And I watched him for a second. The light was red. He dropped to a knee. And, and uh, I thought, is, is he Tim Tebow in it here? What's, you know, what's going on? He started to get up, and then he dropped again to two knees. He was wearing headphones, and he took them off, and he's just shaking his head. I could tell he was struggling with something. And so I threw on my flashers and got out of the truck, and I asked him if he was okay. And he wasn't. He was, he was dizzy. He was struggling. Um, he said, I'm on my, on my way to work, and I really got to get there. I can't miss work. I said, can I take you? That's what I normally don't do. I started thinking about the story of the Good Samaritan and how God had placed this guy in my life. I'm like, Lord, this one's on you. If they read about me in the paper tomorrow, you're, you're, you got this. Um, 
He said he works at McDonald's, and and so I, I took him to work, and uh, we're talking on the way, and just out of nowhere, he starts telling me that his grandmother uh, was a palm reader, and then his mother was as well, and he starts telling me that he's here was hearing these voices in his head. And he said, they won't go away. He said, that's why I wear these headphones everywhere I go, so that I don't hear the voices. I'm like, Lord, we're in some spiritual... Either he's whacked out on something, or this is a spiritual battle, or a little bit of both. And so I just started talking to him. I said, well, you're... you're," I said, what do you do when you hear these voices? And he says, well, I talk to him." I said, I'll tell you what, I said, why don't you try talking to Jesus? And he just kind of snaps over and looks at me. Ah, I tried that God stuff once. And he goes, I don't know. He goes, I hear angel voices and, and uh, you know, I listen to them and I talk to them. And I said, well, you need to get into the Bible. And he, he quoted something he said was in the Bible. I said, I'm pretty sure that's not in there. Uh, and uh, he, he looked at me, I said, no, I said, that you can't find that. You need to read it. I said, check this out. And we spent, you know, five, ten minutes in the parking lot before he went into work. And I said, can I pray with you uh, before I let you out? And he said, yeah, okay, okay. And everything was fine until I prayed in Jesus' name. And he could not get out of that truck fast enough. I, I fully believe I, I came face to face with somebody who was filled with some evil stuff going on in his life. I want you all to pray for this young man at McDonald's. Would you do that? If you happen to be, he works a drive through I've seen him before. If, if you see him, would you just say, hey, I'm praying for you today. You don't have to go into detail. He'll freak out. He'll think it's something. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's me telling y'all to do this. But if you see, I mean, just, just tell him you're praying for him. Because right now, something's got a hold of his heart. Something's got a hold of his soul. Again, it's either drugs or it's demonic or it's both. And I don't think it's an accident that God put him in my life. I don't think it's an accident that he sent me down that road at that particular time for me to get stopped by a red light, for him to walk across in front of me. Now, had I drove on and not done anything and had not shared my story, I think I'd have been accountable for that. The Bible says, he that knows to do good and doesn't do it to him it's sin and I just shared God a little bit of my story not much but just a little bit of my story and I'm going to let God handle the rest right I'm going to guess you're not going to come into contact with many people like that on a regular basis you may I don't know where God's going to put you maybe you've got somebody like that in your life right now I don't know but you got to trust that God will give you what you need when you need it to say what you need to say. Sometimes you just need to be there. Sometimes you need to say, I don't really know what to tell you, but I'm praying for you.
Again, if we can talk about everything else under the sun like it's no big deal, why can't we talk about the biggest deal in our lives that there is? Some of you sitting out there today might not understand that. Maybe it's because you haven't surrendered your life to Him yet. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. We're going to offer a song of decision. And maybe you're here and, and you need to make that decision to say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross for my sins. I repent of my sins. I want to be baptized into you for the washing away of my sins, the indwelling gift of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, will your Holy Spirit please just give me the courage to speak up and tell my story whenever whenever I'm given that opportunity. I'm going to ask you to stand um, as we sing this song. If you have a need, maybe it's a first time, maybe it's a rededication, maybe you just need prayed with, maybe you just need to pray, Lord, give me the courage to share my story. Whatever it is, I pray that you're obedient to what the Spirit might be asking of you.